You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Morning, Pasco Vale. A warm welcome to another beautiful Sunday, and it's great to see Margaret back today. A uh, warm welcome back to the congregation. Hope you all had a great week and that you are refreshed, ready to hear God's word today. Now, as some of you might know, as some of you might know, I'm a property valuer by profession. And I've had the privilege of um, inspecting some very nice properties in my time around Victoria. Whilst I do not like dealing with the angry people because of my valuations are used for taxation purposes, I do enjoy inspecting and watching some of these buildings come from uh, being built. You know? In particularly the um, architecturally designed ones, those really nice, you know, very fancy buildings. I love watching how from a massive hole in the ground becomes this massive towering skyscrapers in the city. It's also it's quite interesting watching laborers and people, you know, moving around this work site, you know, meters up in the sky, doing all sorts of things, watching massive massive cranes, you know, lifting things and doing their thing. I've always wondered, though, how these massive cranes get there as they always magically appear overnight. <laughs> and I also wonder how the operators go to the toilet. <laughs> After listening to me, you never see a crane the same way I do any, ever again. Look, here's a picture of one of those apartments that is being marketed in one of those fancy brochures by a developer. It's got a nice cafe on the ground floor architecturally designed apartments on the upper floor. It also has an indoor swimming pool, a gym, and a rooftop deck with picturesque views to the city. Now this slide shows what is, is like inside the apartment complex and what it's going to look like when it's finished. Looks pretty good, doesn't it? It has a balcony, pristine finishes. It looks really luxurious and comfortable. Makes me feel like, you know, I want to kick off my shoes, you know, lie down on the lounge and look out over the city and the surrounding views. But actually, if you go to Google Maps right now, this is what it looks like. Pretty ordinary, isn't it? Just another construction site. I don't think any of us will be going to the cafe downstairs for a coffee after the service. Or are we going to get to sit on a rooftop terrace and enjoy the view? The only people who go to this, places, to this place are people who are building the project, isn't it? They are the people from different trades, like electricians, crane operators, steel fixers, carpenters, laborers, painters, plumbers, engineers, architects, inspectors, and the likes. The list of people, just to name a few, are gathered together so they can build this project, which will become another iconic building in the CBD. If any of you ever undertook a building project, you know how hard it is to get those people on site and even harder to get them working together. But these people all have one common goal in mind and that is to build a project within, with the build, complete building that will look something like this. That's what they're aiming to do. That's what they got in their heads as they're working there and that's what all of them are working hard to make happen. There are no spectators at the construction site. Each person is there for a reason. 
and each person has a role to play in fulfilling the architect's vision. So today's passage tells us that the church is like a constru- like a building site, construction site, and the architect is God. It's a place where we come or where we exist to build one another up, and like all building sites, it's a work in progress, and we're all involved in it. The building plan is to build a building that captures the architect's vision. If you are a believer, you are a worker on this building site. If you're already involved, that's great. But you do not get, get involved. Now before we go any further, let's bow our heads and pray and ask the Lord to prepare our hearts to hear what He has in store for us today. Now let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for involving us as your people to be in your kingdom building project. We pray, dear Lord, that you prepare our hearts and the meditation of our hearts and the words that we speak will be wholly acceptable to you today. And convict us, Lord Father, challenge us and teach us in your ways. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Now watching God's building site is a lot more fulfilling than watching construction in general. It is so much better, isn't it, if you could get in there though and help. Then you can go home and lie down at the end of the day and say, hey, I did something today at the site. Or I made, a, or I made that phone call, or I helped somebody, or I sent a message to encourage someone to grow in the Lord. It's great to be involved, isn't it? Not just because we are building a building, but because this building is more important than any other. It's a building that is going to last forever. We are in the middle of a series of a statement of faith in the moment, and you can check the rest online if you missed the early messages. But we are in the middle of the final five, and this one is about being gifted to serve. And the statement says, all believers are gifted by the Holy Spirit to build up the church. It's a simple statement, but it contains deep and practical truths that is crucial for us to embrace. If we want to end up with the finished product of the body of Christ being perfect and complete, that's what we need to do. We're going to reflect on this statement by asking three important questions. Who, what, and why? So let's take a first look at who. Who does this statement apply to? Well, it's simple. It's all of us. All believers. If you look at 1 Corinthians verses 12, chapter 12, verse 7, where Paul talks a lot about our gifting, he says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. It's amazing, isn't it, that if a person becomes a Christian just a day ago or a week ago, God has already given them a role to play in this church. If that's you, God has already given you a role to play in this church, to build up the body of Christ. The moment you became a believer, and it's manifestation of spirit for the common good. All this is given for the common good of the church. 
Therefore, we can never say that we are Christians, that I don't have a part in that. We simply cannot say that. If you're thinking it, I'm sorry to say that God wonderfully and graciously disagrees with you. This is because he says, yes, you do have a part to play. God, by the Holy Spirit, has given you the tools that he wants you to use on this building site. Every follower of Jesus has a role to play in building up the body of Christ. We must never say or think that it's somebody else's role to build up the church. As believers, it is our role to encourage one another to work on this building site, to exercise our giftings, to help one another to grow in Him and to grow together in Him. So we must give each other every encouragement to do that. It's an incredible privilege and a very important responsibility. Imagine if you are a project manager building an apartment tower and you decide, look, I don't think we're going to need plumbers on this job. They fool around anyway. They're not very good at what they do. They always leak somewhere. So we just leave them out. I don't think anybody in this building will want to live in this building, isn't it? Would you? <laughs> Imagine the sink or the shower is not connected. Or even worse, the toilet. Oh my. We wouldn't want to be in an apartment, would we? Despite what we think of the plumbers. Clearing your waste is a vital part of the building, isn't it? Or if we say, we don't need the steel fixes on this job. Here's a picture, actually, of a builder who decided he wouldn't put any steel reinforcement in the concrete. This picture was taken in Islamabad in Pakistan. An earthquake happened in 2005, and the only difference between these three towers that you see there is that the one in the middle had no steel reinforcement. And the concrete, and when it shook, the whole building just simply crumbled. Say, for instance, if God has given you and I to put strength into the church's foundation, we have to do our jobs, won't we? We don't want the church to look like this power rubble at the end, do we? Therefore, it's really important when one of us is feeling down or struggling, those of us with the gifts of encouragement and gifts of sharing God's word and teaching come alongside and strengthen them, encourage them, build them up. It's that simple and that important. Now have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 6. God tells us it's not actually just about gifting. There are varieties of gifts by the same Spirit. The varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Notice the variety of words that Paul uses in this passage. God has given a variety of gifts, service, and activities. So whatever gift or talent or ability we do, or activity we get involved in, Paul is saying it's the Spirit that empowers us to do those things to build up the body. We do this in reliance in God, on God to bring about the results that He intends. 
when he empowered us by the Spirit. Of course, we have to give the glory to him because if anything gets done on the building side, it's the result of God's work and God's power. And so we glorify him in everything that we do. In this sense, Christianity is very different to other religions, including Chichinieri. Now you're wondering, what's Chichinieri? Chichinieri is where people come to church, go through a ritual, worship God, and then they go home. That's what Chichinieri is. Christianity is very different. You know, a Muslim will go to the mosque to pray and go home having said the prayers. A Hindu or a Buddhist will go to the temple and do the puja or light up an incense and give the prayers. And it's just incidental that other people are there doing the same thing. Christianity, on the other hand, is actually very different because we are the temple. Each and every one of us together are the temple. That's what Paul says. We come here to build up the temple. This building is not the temple. Sometimes we call it a sanctuary. But no, it's a place where the temple meets to build up the temple. So it's your life groups and the other gatherings of God's people that is the temple of God. So yes, it's important that we have come to connect with God. But it's also very important that we come together to build one another up in Christ. That's the who. It's all of us. Now we come to the what. What do we mean when we say gifted by the Spirit? The first thing to note here is in those verses from 1 Corinthians 12 is this. Although we call them gifts of the Spirit, the whole Trinity is involved. There are varieties of gifts by the same Spirit, varieties of the service by the same Lord, varieties of activities by the same God who empowers them all in everyone. In our passages from in our passage from Ephesians 4, Paul talks about them as the gifts of the ascended Christ. Grace is the gift that Jesus gives to the church when he has ascended. Like everything else, the whole Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is involved in equipping and empowering us to do what God wants us to do. But what are these gifts? Now, as you know, there are many lists in the Bible. Each of these lists, you find a different gift, spiritual gifts mentioned. But the first thing you notice when you look at this list is how different these lists are. In fact, there's only one common gift that's on those lists. And it's the gift of teaching. They say, if we want to emphasize something, repeat it. I believe God is saying to us here that teaching is a very important gift because if we are not, if we are not taught and built up in, the, in God's Word, we will not have a firm foundation on Scriptures. We will not be familiar with the plan that God has for this church. How is it going to work if we all go in different directions and we all have different ideas about the end result? We will have a different ideas about our role in it, isn't it? I believe God is saying that it's very important, very important that all of us are grounded. 
grounded in the foundation of God's word so that we are familiar with God's plan. Now Paul later on in the passage says, if we do not have a firm foundation, we find ourselves being blown here and there by every word of doctrine if you're not taught and built up. You know, some people combine all this list to say, alright, here's 28 or 30 of these gifts here. Have a look at the whole list and see where you fit in. Now there's a few problems with this idea though. Firstly, is that if that was God's plan, then why didn't He simply give the same list to all the churches? This suggests that there might be different things at different times that a church needs. And God will raise up somebody to fill that role. But the main thing is this, that these lists are not meant to be limiting or restricting. They are there to say these are the indi- indications of the kinds of things that are needed to build up God's church. So it's good to look at this list and say, where do I fit in? But it's also important, important that we look at ourselves. The Bible encourages us to do so in Romans 12, when the Apostle Paul says, assess yourself with sober judgment. In other words, take a long, hard look at yourself and see what is that gift that God has assigned to you to play in this church. Part of this is looking at scriptures as we're doing this morning. Another part is looking at who has God made me to be and ask ourselves, what role can I take in playing a role in this church? I want to encourage all of us, if you have not already done so, to look at your shape, S-H-A-P-E, not at your physical body shape. This is an acronym. S is to ask yourself, what is your gifts? What's your spiritual gifts that God has given you? The H is, what's your heart's desire? For example, a large part of Paul's ministry was with the Gentiles because that was what his heart was. In Romans, he says, my heart desires that they may turn to Christ. That's the longing of his heart. And sometimes God gives you a heart and a passion for a particular people group or a particular ministry. And A is to ask, what are your abilities? Say, you're not very good at doing technological stuff. You wouldn't be putting up your hand for the AV booth, would you? You know that what your abilities God has given you, be it in music, finance, governance, living in other cultures, etc. There are lots of different abilities that God has given each and every one of His people. P is for personality. What's your personality? If you're an introvert who loves to hide in the corner or in the background, you're probably not the right fit for the welcoming team, are you? But on the other hand, sometimes God does want us to come out of our comfort zone. But more often than not, He uses what He's gifted us with. For example, I would not have started preaching if the pastors had not stretched me and asked me if I wanted to go on a short-term mission trip to be a speaker at one of the missionary conventions in Papua New Guinea. That was how I started 
preaching. E is for experience. There are good experiences and there are bad and painful experiences. People who have had a very difficult family background can be so helpful and so encouraging to people who are struggling in that area. It's really hard for someone to empathize with someone else if you yourself have not experienced what the other person is going through, isn't it? So look at the Bible and look at yourself and your own life to see where you fit in. So coming back to the third question, the why. God has gifted us so as to build up the church. These gifts and these abilities that we are given are not to make us feel good or for admiring, for people to admire you or for showing off or for creating some sort of a hyper-spirituality. It's not about who is the most entertaining preacher or teacher or the most spectacular prophet or the top giver or the platinum sponsor. It's not about that. The sole purpose of these gifts are to build up, build up the body of Christ. We need to think about what kind of a building God wants us to be. What does God want Pascoville Church of Christ to be? Now before any building project commences, the design team and the client and the key people all sit together. They come together and they work through what they want the end project to look like. And that's probably what we as a church should do. If they don't have that, they don't have detailed plans and drawings that come with it. If that's the case, there will be chaos, absolute chaos at the building site. You know, one electrician will come along and say, I'm going to run the cables up here. And then, and then say, oh, maybe we should do it over there. The company is thinking, I can't put a door there now because you put it wires through there. Chaos will arise if we don't plan together, if we don't work together to achieve that building project. So what is the clear picture? What is the clear picture that God wants us to see? Now Paul says that actually God's church is going to be perfect in the next chapter of Ephesians. He says he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. That gives us a clue of what the, this building is going to look like, isn't it? It's going to be perfect. Not one blemish from top to bottom. Now the detailed plan is revealed. Now the detailed plan is revealed, and God gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building of the body of Christ up, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what's the blueprint? What's the blueprint? It's Jesus himself. You know, it's very trendy for churches today to say that they are an affirming church. But we need to be really clear that the only person in this church that we affirm 
is Jesus our Lord and our Savior. He is the only one that's perfect. And we help each other to become like Him. Because we don't want to be affirmed in our sinfulness or in the way that we are living. We want to be a, become like Jesus. Being like Jesus is really hard, isn't it? To be able to forgive like Him, to be able to love like Him, to be able to have compassion on others like Him, to give up everything for Him like He did for us. It's a huge task. And there's no wonder the building sites are messy as we try to help each other become like Jesus. You now Paul concludes the passage with a picture of what God wants the church to be and to do. He says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the church at our best. When we all work together, every bit, every muscle, every nerve, every bone, every ligament, connected together like an elite athlete to produce the result on the Olympic podium. In all the four passages that gives lists of these gifts, there's one thing that's very prominent as well, and there is things that talk about one another. In Romans 12:5, it says, "We are members one of another." In 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 25, that the members have the same care for one another. In Ephesians 4:16, it says, "Builds itself up in love." And 1 Peter 4:10, "Serve one another." Now we know from experience that this is not easy as we are all frail and weak. And we find it hard actually to deal with the fact that we are all a work in progress, isn't it? There are bits of our lives that are unchristlike, And we find it even harder when someone points that out to us, doesn't it? As they do, as they should, it's very difficult. And that's why Paul begins his whole passage by saying, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Look, we need all of those five things as we work on this building site, as we help one another to become more like Jesus, as we help the whole body to become like Jesus. We need to be patient. We need to be humble. We need to love one another, bear with one another, and be eager to maintain the unity that God has already given us. So, that's the who the what and the why of being gifted to serve. Now to conclude, 
I want to encourage us to pay attention to Peter's words from 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received gifts, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Now a few practical responses we can have from this passage today. And one is, if you're not in a life group, please join one. This is a great place for you to exercise your giftings in building others up, but also to be built up yourself. If you're not sure about your giftings, it's a good place to discover it in connection with other people. Now, if there's no life group that suits you at this point, you might consider starting one or joining the other groups like the women's group or the men's group or the true north group. These are already groups that are already in existence. Secondly, if you don't have, if you haven't done so, please explore your shape for the building of the church. If you need help exploring your spiritual gifts, please contact myself or Margaret and we can organize a copy of the spiritual gifts questionnaire so that you can explore some of that for you for yourself. The third is if you're not already involved in ministry, join one. Check out where God can use you in building others up. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Even things like helping water the plants, cutting some bushes outside, giving someone a phone call, preparing morning tea, helping out with kids' church, or even play an instrument or worship lead. There are plenty of opportunities for you to serve. Volunteer your service. Get involved in ministry. Now, I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone today to get involved. And if you're already doing lots of things, I'm not asking you to do more. But have an understand that for us as a church to, to come together, we need to serve one another. We need to love one another. Even sitting in church, for example. Why don't we all start sitting closer to the front so that the people who are late can sit at the back so they don't feel embarrassed if they have to come to the front to seat? See what I'm talking about? Come on, people. We can do better than that. All right? Friends, make a difference. Before you come to church, maybe even... Pick someone. Think of someone. And ask yourself, how can we build this person up today? How can we use this opportunity to build up the body of Christ in this person today? The opportunities to make a difference on this building site is huge and endless. There's lots and lots of opportunities. Friends, this is hard work. I've got no doubt about it. We are all on the building side. We are all a work in progress. But we have one thing, that is God. So let's pray and ask the boss for help. Because show us, we really need it. <laughs> let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you've chosen us to be part of your project, your master plan to build your church in this place so that we can shine as a beacon of hope and life and love for all the people around us. 
Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've only considered ourselves before others. Help us to change our mentality. Help us to be transformed in your likeness. Lord, it is hard and it's hard to, to find fault with ourselves. Sometimes it's hard to acknowledge our failings. But Lord, let not the failings be a stumbling block for us. Instead, let it be the foundation, the building blocks to something greater. An icon of your grace and your glory and your love. Let Pascoville Church, as we build one another up, be shown to the world and people will see and know that you are God and you truly reside in the heart of your temple here. In the heart of of your people. The buildings may get destroyed. Land may be taken away. Whatever. But your heart of your people always remain. And that's where your temple resides. So we pray dear Lord that as a congregation in Pascoville, as a community of believers, that we will build up your temple here. So that others may come and worship you. Others may come and see and experience that love and that comfort and that joy that comes with following you and having our faith put in you. Challenge us, Lord, to service. Challenge us, Lord, to step out of our comfort zone if that's, so, if that's what you wish for us to do. Lord, this is your church. We are your instruments. Help us, Lord, to serve you. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.